0: Yeah, hi. Welcome to the show. How about you introduce yourself?
1: So my name is Brad Carney. Uh, I founded Final Boss Entertainment, which is a tiny indie studio. Um, we're, uh, we, we, we got started about six years ago uh, on our first game, uh, Rack. Uh, but it basically consists of me, uh, and then we got a bunch of uh, contractors who really work around the world. Um, our, our lead artist actually lives in Holland uh the netherlands so we've really got people all over um but so i mean we, we worked on rack uh, that was our first game it came out uh officially uh in september of 2014 uh and now we are working on our next game which is the follow-up to that which is called uh rack starfall
0: um, for the audience out there where's a website that they can visit to maybe find out more information about the game <clears throat> while they're listening to the podcast
1: yeah, that is, uh, rackgame.com. Okay, which is,
0: it's, how is it spelled? Cause I think it's a little.
1: Yeah, it, one of those silent W's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, yeah, it's uh, wrackgame dot com.
0: Great. And, um, okay, so, so you started, let's, um, so I know in the pre-interview we discussed, um, basically we would kind of walk through your first game and then also discuss this current game. Um, so for your first game, what, uh, I guess, yeah, what, well, you know what, actually, before we start on that, I wanted to also mention that, and I know we discussed this before, you, you also have a podcast. Um, Can you talk more about that too? That might, you know, um so the audience gets a sense of kind of where you're coming from. Sure, sure.
1: Yeah. So basically I, I've kind of felt for a while that, just kinda of like in terms of like our general culture, like we don't have like a very good understanding of why it is that games are fun and why we enjoy them. You know, it's like there's there's kind of some obvious elements that you know I think we all kinda of get. Uh you know, things like graphics and, and that kinds of things. Yeah. But I, I don't know that we have like a really good understanding of like why why it is that they're fun. And it's kinda of funny. Like I feel like we have a pretty good understanding of movies, you know, it's it's yeah. like a movies and literature like we actually have like have classes and in, in school you know it's like where we learn about you know the introduction the rising conflict the denouement you know like all these different things about you know like a kind of classic literal uh liter- classic structure literature but it's like we don't really have that kind of understanding when it when it comes to uh video games and we're we're kind of getting to the point where you know that's kind of I don't think all that acceptable because like video games, you know, they're, they're making up like a gigantic part of our culture, whereas like maybe 30, 40 years ago, they didn't. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, with, with this podcast, you know, I'm trying to kind of basically talk about, you know, some of the, some of the reasons, uh, why, why we enjoy games, why we find them fun. And yeah, trying to talk about some of the different principles that, uh, lead to games being fun.
0: What, uh, what's the name of the podcast?
1: Uh, it is called the Game Design Podcast, which should okay. come as a, as a surprise and no, I mean it, c- it kind of makes sense. But uh, when?
0: Um, but yeah, I, I was up
1: all night thinking of that name. So. <laughs> and when did you? Uh, or how long ago did you start that? Uh, it was last year. Um oh, wow. okay. it, it was uh, yeah. I mean, kind of beginning of last year. Um, it, it took a bit of a break. Uh, you know, towards the end of last year, but we're 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 starting that back up again. So. Yeah.
0: For the audience out there, by the way, this is the original podcast.
1: <laughs> my podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: is the yeah. original podcast.
1: But you know, <laughs> that's
0: what, that's what I wanted to point out. Um, and, and I guess I, I mentioned that in a post before, which is that this podcast is now like 10 years old. But oh, what, what, what really, inter- yeah, we just had our 10 year anniversary on April 1st. Oh, that's so cool. my question is, is like, what's, cause now I notice that there's like all these game development podcasts or game design podcasts coming out. What do you think has inspired it? I know you mentioned that now, now that games are becoming a huger thing. And also I think it's now, it's easier to become a game developer too. So, so that, so people can actually focus before it was like, at least for smaller game developers, it was more of a hobby. Right. And, and so, you know, running a podcast, doing all these things would be very difficult. Right. Um, versus right. now where it's like, you know, you have all these venues for small developers to, you know, actually focus on to make a living off their games so they can do all these. But, but I mean, why do you feel that there are all these now podcasts coming out for games? Cause I mean, I don't know. I've just noticed that in the last few years, I've just noticed more and more. And yeah, I see well, one coming up, like literally coming out every month.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, uh, for one, I mean, I, I do think it's a medium that's just, yeah. I, I mean, just podcasts in general are just absolutely taking off. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, even five, 10 years ago, these weren't really things that existed. but – Yeah,
0: that's, you know, that's, you know, that's what I've heard also is that podcasts are supposedly getting a, a resurgence. Whereas, you know, before around like 2005, 2006, it kind of had a little peak or 2007, and now it, it kind of declined and now it's kind of coming back up. Do you feel that's the case or?
1: uh it well i I don't know how popular they were like back in 2005 or six or anything like that but they're they definitely becoming far more popular in in recent years you know i think part of that might be due to youtube strangely enough you know know, even though you you think youtube is like a video site but i mean there's a lot of people who will will like you know it's the way youtube works like it's just so incredibly convenient to just you know click a link and the thing opens up and plays and you know it's, it's something you can either watch or just put in the background and listen to but yeah, i know true. i've discovered several podcasts through youtube and then i go you know subscribe to it in a more uh you know kind of more traditional podcast form you know through itunes or various phone apps or whatever um but it's you know so i mean not only is like the medium growing heavily but it's I, in, in in my case, um, I know that it's something that I I, I know I, when I got into it, I knew there were other podcasts that talked about like game development specifically, but I I, I really felt like there was a need to like really talk specifically about design. Yeah, uh, you know it just it it seemed like there was an opening there. It seemed like it was something that needed to be talked about. So it seemed like something that was a little under uh, underserved, under underrepresented. Um, so I mean, that was that was kind of the genesis of of my starting that, uh, as far as like everyone else, um, you know, in addition to, I, I don't know. It's it, the, the tools are there and the medium is, is growing so yeah. fast. I, I, I do think the tools being there, like I, I was, I was amazed the other day, like, you know, we put out a new episode of it, you know, a couple of weeks ago and, it was something, I, I recorded the interview the night before, I edited it on you know, my, my computer that night, overnight I did it, and then I put it up, and on my phone I was able to download and listen to the episode, and actually stream it over the speakers through Bluetooth, and I'm just like, <laughs> what a world we live in. That, yeah. you know, just- well, for, for the audience,
0: was- where, where can they find out more about your podcast, or even check it out? Because I think I actually listened to it a few times.
1: Oh cool cool. <laughs> um it is uh <laughs> probably searching for it on on YouTube or, or Facebook is is uh, the easiest but I, if you really want the uh the URL it is uh, and I, I probably got to get a better better one for it but it's a uh, game design podcast dot com. so Okay. Um yeah
0: and so so your your motivation for that was about game design because cuz now I think now game have games surpassed movies
1: uh, you know, I think probably some of the bigger games, I, I think probably are surpassing some of the bigger movies. I, I, I don't know offhand, but yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I remember just hearing some statistics about like, I think Grand Theft Auto V and just being like, that's <laughs> like over a billion dollars or something. And it's just like, that is, that is mind blowing. But then of course, you know, The Force Awakens. I mean, that's, you know, that, that gross almost a billion domestically. But I mean, that was also yeah. a record, but. Yeah. Um.
0: Now, do you do you see it as game design or interactive media design? I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Because the way I see it is that it's really about interactive media, and I know game games are a huge part of that. But or do you feel that it is truly about game design?
1: No, I I, I, I'm with you. Um, yeah, I I do feel like, especially when you have games that are coming out where it's like there is interactivity to it, but it's not like a traditional video game. Yeah, hey, like something like I i don't know like gone home and um yeah uh dear esther or something like that um but you know or, or it's people were like hey this isn't a game but you know it's like the, it is still like some kind of interactive experience yeah, i i kind of feel like we need like a like a new kind of name for it basically cuz you know <laughs> kind of like interactive medium ex- you know yeah. like that's obviously you know it needs like a uh Interactive or so I I don't know yeah. like a... no
0: because because the issue is that when you when you think about interact because you know there was this concept of interaction designers mm-hmm. and that's not really what this describes because the interaction designers were more like you know user interface designers and this is more mm-hmm. about like interactive systems that may have game like elements but it's you know I, you know but I, I see where you're coming from in regards mm-hmm. to <clears throat> game design and just just studying it more. But, I mean, I guess, what what other ways do you... Aside from your podcast, are there other ways where you kind of develop or explore this concept of, you know, this interactive media?
1: Uh, aside from, like, actually just kind of designing, like, actual traditional video games, not really. Um, okay. you know, it, it is kind of funny. I mean, you, you know, you're kind of bringing us some, like, other different fields here. There, There really are, like, a lot of different, like, heavily related fields, like... And not only not only like all these like game design principles and like kind of user interface design and everything, but also like gamification. Yeah. You know, like something like a you know kind of like rigging a system of incentives and punishments for yeah you know, something outside of you know what you would think of as a game. Uh, you know, yeah, I I think a uh an example that was given in the book Freakonomics, like they were talking about how it's like um. You know, like it's at schools, you know, they would have like after school programs and like they, uh you know, parents would have to come pick their kids up afterwards. And like parents were often showing up to pick up their kids like really late. So, you know, as a result, they would try and like come up with these various systems of incentives. You know, like, hey, if you're, uh you know, if you're on time, we'll give you a dollar, you know, or something like that. Um, and it's kind of funny that actually backfired. <laughs> it's like the the, the parents were they were like, Oh, you know, if I'm late, you know, I'm just out a dollar or whatever. That's not a big deal. Or is like, if they weren't reliant on it, it was like, Oh my God, it's, it's my honor. If I'm late, I, I don't want to, uh, I, I don't want to suffer that. So, you know, in, in addition to, you know, kind of all these are, there are, there are a bunch of different, um, yeah, kind of, kind of different, like kind of subfields of kind of, I don't know, something greater. I'm not a professor. So I haven't, you know. So, okay. you know, I, I, I do feel like, um, you know, th- th- these fields are all pretty similar and they're they're, they're definitely fairly related. So, okay. you know, kind of the fields of game design, gamification and, you know, interface design and all these other sorts of things.
0: And, um, yeah, so, so where do you feel like, where, where do you feel game design will go in the future? I mean, at least in the next few years. What, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, you know, I, I, I feel like we're, I don't know. It's, you know, it's, we're, we're seeing, and, you know, I think this has been true all along, but, you know, you, you see certain trends and certain things kind of catch fire, uh, and become more popular. Uh, you know, and those are popular for, for a while. And, uh, you know, eventually the bubble bursts and, uh, all that. Uh, you know, it's, and you do kind of see like certain little sub pockets, uh, you know, kind of being, being more popular you know in in terms of like the indie scene you know roguelikes are very popular right now um yeah you get a lot of you know survival sorts of things uh you know between like don't starve and the forest and those sorts of things uh you know or it's like in in the more triple a end of things um yeah it's 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 a lot of it's it's a lot of shooters it's a lot of um yeah, you it's, know, it's, it's a lot of single player, uh, you know, kind of cinematic sorts of, sorts of things. So, yeah, it's, it's, and, um, I, I don't know if we're making like any terms of advancements in, in the field of game design, though. I don't know if we're like figuring out like, hey, here's a way to make things even more fun. Uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's something that I, I, you know, again, I mean, part of my, my, um, my desire to start the podcast is, yeah, yeah, I don't know how much of an understanding we have of the topic. I don't know if it's getting a lot of research <laughs> at the academic level. Um, so, you know, it's... it's. I don't know. I, I don't know if we're making any kinds of big advancements there or anything. And and for the audience out there, you mentioned roguelikes. Can you, can you clarify what that means? Sure. Uh, so, th- those are games that are... Um, basically, every time you play, they're procedurally generated. So... Basically, it's like, you know, the game is randomized and every time you go to play it, like it's, it's, it's new and different. Um, hey you know, usually there are elements of, you know, kind of permanent deaths. So it's like, once you die, like you just start the whole thing over, you know, the world gets wiped and you're, you're put in an entirely new environment and world. Um, and, you know, you, you, see this happen, uh, or, you know, see it happen, but you, you see this used, uh, in lots of indie games these days. Um, yeah. <laughs> D- don't starve is a big one, crypt of the necro dancer, uh, the binding of Isaac is probably one of the bigger ones at the moment. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it, because, uh, you know, because of the procedural generation nature of it, um, it's, it makes it very replayable and uh, it also makes it very easy to add content to uh you know if 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 you add something that kind of trickles in there and you know you kind of see it every once in a while uh it it um it's something people can can come back to uh over and over again and every time they play they're experiencing something new um so, you know, it's, it's, it's something, for some reason, like, you know, when the original game Rogue came out, you know, it, it had th- these sorts of elements, but I, I think it was wrapped up in a much more archaic kind of, uh, kind of, kind of structure. And yeah, some of those elements were incorporated into, you know, kind of, kind of more traditional graphic, graphical based games. And, you know, yeah, I think it's part of why we, we've kind of seen a bit of resurgence of, of those elements.
0: And and do you like the concept of um permadeath and stuff like that? What are your thoughts on that?
1: You know, it's <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I, I I've kind of warmed up to it. Like at first like it did just seem like, oh my god, this is so brutal. Oh you know, it's like one mistake and you know <laughs> potentially, you know, weeks of progress all flushed down the drain. Um but you know it's it's definitely interesting you know it's it's having that threat there, and yeah you know, this is this is a big game design principle, but um you know having that threat of perm death permanent death there uh you know creates a lot of tension you know it, it's something that forces you to stay on your toes and you know really pay attention uh you know if you're ever letting your guard down uh you know you', you run that risk of uh you know dying and uh you know kind of losing. Potentially tons of progress, uh, you know, in a game like Don't Starve, you know, your your games of that can last weeks on end. And yeah, if, if you screw up one time or if, you know, the game throws you some curveball that you're not totally ready for, that's it. And you're you're dead. And that's, you know, all your weeks of progress down the drains. So it's it's it, I, I don't think it's for everyone. Yeah, you know, it is pretty brutal and you know, it could it could seem very unfair at times, which absolutely in some roguelikes it can be. Uh, but you know, it's definitely it's definitely interesting. It's it's something I've warmed up to. Uh since I started playing them. Okay. And, you
0: know, as as we segue into into the first game that you made, um, you started that you know, several years ago, because I think you you mentioned that it took about six years to yes. to make your first game. Yeah, and a lot has changed. Um, I'm sure between when you first started the game and then when it got released in 2014. You yeah, know the, the
1: the landscape. Yeah, I, I yeah. mean, and not only did the game changed radically, but I mean, the, just the the landscape around. Yeah, exactly. The game and, did too. You know, it was. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, the, the, and by the way, this is this is a good reason why you know you should. <laughs> We incentivize to finish your games quickly, so that yeah. you don't have the carpet ripped up from under you as you're developing it. But um, you know, it's it's like when we set out to make this game. Uh, so I mean, for those who don't know, uh, the game is called Rack, uh, and it's kind of like an arcade style uh, first person shooter. It's it's cel shaded, kind of like Borderlands, but the gameplay is very kind of old school shooter esque. Uh, it's so you know, very similar to something like Doom and Quake. Uh, and we, when we, when we set out to make this game, uh, at the time, like, there wasn't really anything like that that was being made. Uh, you know, kind of developers went away from the old school genre and not really, like, for any kind of good reason either. It wasn't like the games, like, <laughs> weren't making any money. It was just the particular yeah. developers were taking well, their sweet time making, you know, the, the next games. Uh, you know, Duke so, Nukem Forever famously took a very long time to be yeah. developed. Uh, you know, and then rage, you know, that, that took a long time to be made too. Uh, but you know, it's so when we started out, you know, there wasn't anything that was, uh, you know, being made in that genre. We, we felt like it was a very underserved genre. Like you just needed some love. Uh, but you know, by the time we started it and by the time we finished it, uh, a few more old school games had come out, like, uh, Rise of the Triad, for instance. And, uh, you know, yeah, I think in some, in a lot of cases satisfied, you know, maybe the, uh, kind of nostalgia itch people had and you know maybe they didn't have that itch anymore so it was kind of yes (laughs) kind of rough timing but
0: yeah so you started in around 2008 with the game
1: and -hmm. then
0: it came out in 2014 and you know you know
1: so that was before
0: even minecraft right like and and then that was really before you saw this kind of um proliferation of all these different platforms too you know, yeah, you think yeah, about think. Facebook. You think about mobile. You think about—I don't even know how powerful Steam was back then. If, if it was a big force then, or or, or what the situation was, I don't. That
1: that, that that was back in the good old days, where Steam released less than a thousand games a day on its <laughs> yeah. platform. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mo- mobile that had Like, uh, here's another big thing, and this this really hurt us. Kickstarter wasn't even like a big. Oh, thing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So, so you
1: know, it was like by the time like the <laughs> kind of decided like, hey, you know, we need to raise some money to finish this thing. Let's release an alpha of the game. Let's let's put an extremely early and bad version of this game out there on the marketplace. You know, and this is like yeah. before like Kickstarter was like really, I, I think it was like about the time Kickstarter was taking off, but it was like nothing had really come, come along to really prove that Kickstarter was something viable. Uh, and plus, yeah. we were kind of committed to it at that point. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, the, the, the Lance and just, you know, the kinds of games that were popular were just completely different back then. then, Yeah, this is kind (laughs) of before the indie explosion to a large degree, uh, before the popularity of roguelikes kind of just really dominated the scene and yeah before minecraft and you know this this was i think minecraft was kind of taken off at around that time it was kind of yeah. like yeah you know yeah, this yeah. is kind of like a cool thing and you know we we looked at like what minecraft was doing we're like okay so you know they they released an alpha of the game they updated it you know yeah. kind of you know put out an update every now and then it's like yeah okay so we should we'll do that too and you know we'll probably get similar results probably won't be as successful as minecraft but you know if it's if it's something you know remotely in the ballpark and uh no no that was that was was not the case that was not the case for us that has not been the case for anyone ever just about uh minecraft is just absolutely a case of they were completely in the right place in the right time and just kind of this.
0: that's what i actually wanted to deconstruct a little is um because you were you were at that place at a similar time but i guess was your game at that point multiplayer was it single player
1: no, no, it uh it, it was single player. So yeah, I mean yeah. My, Minecraft does So have I feel, some...
0: I feel like that's a really subtle thing people don't quite understand <laughs> is yeah. that Yeah. Cuz oh, cuz they're like, well, dude, like, you know, there were games before Minecraft and blah blah blah, but but the fact is is that from what I understand, Notch actually programmed the multiplayer relatively quick uh soon in the, you know, in the life cycle of the game and, you know, and it improved it and and kind of built on it and and that multiplayer aspect gave it a level of fun that at that time was not easily accessible, at least for that type of gameplay. Right. Right. Um and I think that's something that people need to understand because I don't I, I think for a lot of indie developers, doing multiplayer was relatively difficult. <laughs> and and it yeah. is kind of relatively difficult. It can be.
1: It is, but, but here's the thing. Like what, what Minecraft, it's, it's not really, it can't really be duplicated. Um, not every game can have this thriving multiplayer base of people playing their game with their friends. There there just aren't enough people out there in, in the gaming landscape to, to, to support all these games. Um, if Minecraft has everyone playing that. Like, guess what? Those people aren't around playing your game. They're they're off playing Minecraft. Yeah. And why would they play your game? Well, they can go play Minecraft with all of their friends who are also playing Minecraft. It's, I, I you know, I, I think a lot of people think like, oh, well, oh, you know, all these popular games they have multiplayer. Your, your game should have multiplayer too. <laughs> it's, and it's like, well, it, well okay. It do it. Like, it's, it's, you know, <laughs> there are technical limitations aside. You know, uh, a game with multiplayer, it suffers from like network effects. You know, it's like, yeah. What good is like a phone network if like only you and your friend like have a phone that works on that network? Like if you can't call anyone else, if you can't play with anyone else, like it's kind of meaningless. Like it's it's
0: okay. So maybe maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but but here's another approach that I'm gonna reword and maybe this will kind of resonate with what you feel is (laughs) the right formula for for the audience involved. And Mm. I think what it is is that you have to have the right unique gameplay at the right time and with the right technical execution. So basically yes. that gameplay has to come through in a way where everyone can't easily duplicate it because they either don't understand it or they, they just can't do it. Like, you know, you, the mix of understanding networking and math and also, you know, accidentally understanding that, hey, if I, you know, people on YouTube will cover this and all this other stuff was something that he, he struck on. Mm-hmm. And right. and so, I think there can be another Minecraft. It just will be a long technical dimension. First of all, it has to be in a way that can't be easily copied, right? Mm. So, and it has to be around a long a gameplay that's actually good, like that's fun, that's just right. as fun right. or even more fun. And it can't mm-hmm. have been really done before. Like it could right. have maybe done, kind of done, but not done properly. Kind of like before Minecraft, there was another game. <laughs> I don't know if you yeah. heard about it. It was um <laughs> I forgot what it was called, but it was like it was like a month or two right before Minecraft and the guy quit. Mm. Um it was it was uh it was by Zach Barth. I don't know if you've heard of him, but mm, no. he um he did Infiniminer, that's what it's called. I don't know if you've
1: heard oh, of it. Oh, I I think I have heard of that, yeah. Okay, yeah. And
0: the thing is though, the the people who were playing it were actually just hacking the client and all this other stuff and I don't know. But but I think it is always fascinating because people are like, well, it can't be replicated, it can't be duplicated. And yet we see throughout history that it has happened, right? Like, I mean, we, even Tetris, right? But I feel right. like like you have to stumble upon something new in a way that's unique and, and that you can get passionate about. I don't know. What What are your thoughts on that?
1: So I I definitely think you're right about that. Uh I mean, certainly things can come along that can be as popular as Minecraft, but I definitely think you're right. Like it has to be something that hasn't been done before. Like it definitely yeah. has to be something new and unique. So when, when I was getting ready to release Rack, um, yeah. you know, we were, we were kind of struggling with our marketing a little bit. So I ended up going out and, you know, kind of doing a lot of, a lot of research. And I just got a, Marketing and, 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 you know, kind of business in general. And I, I came across, you know, a, a few books on the subject. And basically, like, the main, the main <laughs> thesis of what this guy was talking about, uh, is that what matters pretty much more than anything is being first. Like, if, if you're not the first one to do something, yeah. like, it's, well, you, you have like it, no chance almost whatsoever yeah. of eclipsing whoever, did it first and got into the minds of people first yeah. and, you know, got established first. Uh, you know, it's like, for for instance, like, you know, doom comes out. It's, a, it's this massive yeah. hit. You know, it's something that's never been done before. You know, like this 3d, you know, kind of dark shooter with demons and, you know, like height, height variation. And, oh my God, all this groundbreaking yeah. technology at the time. If you release something that was like way better than doom, like three months later, like, so let's, let's say it was yeah. called boom it would flop like no one would care like no, you're right, you're it, right. it would if it was like not if it was just like different in terms of degree like it's just like oh it's just like better execute like everyone's like been there done that doom has already been imprinted in people's minds and there's nothing you can do to yeah. kind of knock off doom as being like the 3d shooter in people's minds so it's like you the your only choice is to like heavily dif- differentiate uh you know it kind of you know try and take a different angle to it um so you know it's i mean and, so and i that mean that, that's something we we try that. to do with yeah. uh with rack you know it's like we tried to make it really arcadey and colorful and all these other things yeah. and and the cell yeah, shading you were talking about yeah, yeah yeah but you know at the same time it's like oh so you know it looks like doom but it, or, or you know it has like kind of a doom feel to it, but then it looks like Borderlands. So, you know, it was like everyone just kind of you know, found ways to be like, no, this isn't unique and interesting at all. It's, it's such a ripoff. You yeah, know, anyway. Yeah. Uh, well,
0: I mean, I think, I think it is worth understanding that because, you know, you, you did come up with a different approach, but maybe it was because the approach wasn't innovative gameplay. It was more innovative art and, and other things. Do you feel that that is why maybe because you started at the same time as minecraft like like why potentially there were different outcomes or what are your thoughts on that
1: well for for one uh i mean minecraft like the way it's set up uh it's it's it works much better with some kind of quote-unquote early access type model uh yeah because it's multiplayer because it's you know kind of a roguelike um you know, and, and it's multiplayer, like people continually have a reason to come back to it over and over again. Yeah. Uh, you know, if there's something well, new, it's like they can go into a new world and build a new thing out of whatever tools. And I'm probably the only person on Earth who hasn't played Minecraft. But um, but yeah, it's no, I mean, I think it it also
0: comes out to the point that around that time, the, the concept of games as a service was not mm-hmm. really well understood. Right. Right. And yeah, so yeah. so maybe at that time, if you would have been releasing stuff on a daily basis or even like every few days and kind of, I don't know if you were doing that.
1: I, you, you know, I mean, honestly, I was trying to do stuff like that. Uh, yeah. You know, when the game came out, you know, we were trying to have like, so I mean, one of the big things that we were trying to push was, um, uh, you know, kind of user-made content. Because, I mean, that was something that made Doom like oh, we yeah, yeah. popular. So we were trying to do things to like really streamline like bringing this new like custom content to people like super fast so it was like you know you used to be able to like go into like just the menu like you go to new game and then there would be an option for featured maps and you could go there and it would download a list of maps like from our website and yeah. then you could just like pick one of the maps that like we have featured it downloads it in the client loads it right up and hey cool you're playing a new oops sorry hit the mic but but hey cool you're playing a new map and it's it's really fun and everything but you know what you know I know not cared about that? Because roguelikes. Because you know, this is the time where roguelikes were coming along and you can just hit new game and you don't have to download a new map or anything. Like it's just yeah. automatically a brand new uh environment for you to go play around in. Uh but yeah, so I mean we were trying to do things like that. Uh yeah. you know, we we um like when we actually released on Steam in early access. Yeah, you know, we were trying to do things like um we were trying to mimic what a game called Don't Starve was doing where it's like they, you know, every two, three weeks, they would put out uh you know like a, a major update and like they would give it like its own name, uh, they would give it like its own trailer, they would have like a little countdown <laughs> thing on the the title screen, you know, saying like, you know, fourteen days until the next update. Like that was a lot of fun. That was, you know, that worked out really well for that game. And you know, we tried to do the same thing. And unfortunately, it did not really do a lot to, you know, grow interest in it. You know, it's like people did, I think because of the nature of the game, because it was a single player game that people didn't really have a strong incentive to come back to over and over, even though we were updating it like crazy and adding new content all the time, people just didn't want to like replay a single player game. And, you know, I I think that really hurt us. And I think that because like a game like Minecraft and others didn't work that way. That allowed them to you know kind of grow with this kind of you know as you say, games as a service model,
0: yeah and and in fact, when you started out, were you using a game engine, or was it, did you do it from scratch or no,
1: it was from scratch yeah, uh,
0: I mean that's I mean people don't recognize that it's not as like right now you can just pop open unity right and yeah pop and like you know it could literally take you a year just to get something on the screen i mean i mean not that dramatic but you know it's it's crazy and 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 the reason i bring it up from this point of view is that you know i think that you know you 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 mentioned being fascinated by game design and how important it is and we look at this field and i'm like what what are those differentiating factors look everyone's boat is rising right now it seems right Mm -hmm. like there's so much So I mean, people can just start out, and they can pump something on Steam, and they'll still make a few thousand dollars or something. Like I mean, like it's crazy. So,
1: but you know, I don't, I don't know that everyone, everyone's boat is rising. I, I mean, yeah, no, you're right.
0: If you do it well, like you can still, yeah, if you do it right, you can still, like, like, like you know, five, you know, ten years ago, even if you were the best of the best indie. Like are just so many unknown under misunderstood things about how to successfully succeed at an indie that mm-hmm. even if you did things well, it may not have worked out. And yeah, and, and the yeah. reason why I mentioned that is because look, the concept of games as a service, you know, now it's more clear like, hey, you do updates before when I tried to release stuff that was like you keep on updating it. People thought I was an idiot, like that the first <laughs> the first version looked like complete crap. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, look, I just got to iterate. That. I got to do whatever, you know. And people just thought, you're stupid. You're, you, you can't really make games. That's why you're doing that, you know? And yet now that's part of the process. That's part of the entertainment for the players. And and the concept of, of a dev blog or, or something where, you know what? A lot of these potential new players that find you initially are just, they're looking for distraction from work. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you've got your dev blog and you've got this little update in Java, which, you know, Minecraft did so you could play it in the browser. Boom. You know, that's a, that's a way more effective distribution mechanism than having a massive executable download, which, you mm-hmm. know, you know, so there are a lot of these other secondary elements or dimensions that are also important for having a successful game studio that were not as well understood. And I'm sure there's stuff looking five years later that we'll look at right now and we'll be like, Oh, well, that wasn't understood and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. um, so for me, it's just, that's why i'm fascinated to see kind of like like your game and and what you felt were potential issues i know it isn't directly related to game design but from what i can tell in my experience it's for a successful game developer it isn't just the game design that's important it seems like like you need to have that mastery of not only game design but also technical understanding And obviously, marketing and all these other things that that can help you make an amazing game. Because what I've seen is that a lot of designers they will let the limitations of their, you know, of the platform or of the the tool or even just their understanding limit Mm. what they can do or explore. And so they don't really have the best game design. They have a game design that was convenient instead of compelling. Now, sometimes that convenient game design was also compelling. Mm -hmm. And that works out for the audience. But if your game design was something that you did because it was convenient and, you you know, it's really convenient not to learn multiplayer. And for Mm -hmm. me, you know, I'm also guilty of this. I didn't learn 3D math well. Like, okay, yeah, you know, I've done 3D math, but I didn't explore 3D game design, right? Like Mm -hmm. literally, literally do experiments in OpenGL and all this other stuff to see how... Whether 3D gameplay could work better than Mm -hmm. 2D, you know, I could just, oh, I'd be like, oh, I can just hack it by just doing an isometric view or something else like that. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, so I don't, I mean, what are your thoughts on this model, which is that you better master game design as well as technical and, and whatever other understandings. Like you You need to understand everything, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I think especially in this day and age where, you know, it's so many people are being so independent with, you know their their games. I I mean, okay. Steam has like completely lowered all barriers to entry, as anyone who's paid any attention to Steam <laughs> is well aware. You know, it's there's just the quantity of games that are released on steam is just, it's staggering. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, basically what I'm trying to get, is like, you don't really need like a publisher or any, anything fancy to basically get a game released on steam. So yeah, you know, if, if, if you, if you're going to not rely on like others to, you know, kind of worry about your marketing and all these other things to, you know, get get your game out there and be a success, you you really do have to have like a, a mastery or at least some kind of basic understanding, uh, Of a lot of different skills, uh, or, you know, at least your team has to, you know, kind of collectively, uh, you know, have all those skills, Uh, or or you have to be very lucky. One of the two, which we just see. Well, look, even even Notch,
0: he was, he, he developed a lot of games beforehand. Now they were in a studio or whatever else, but, but I think, I think what's important is that in your, and, and maybe I can, I can push for this and maybe you'll cover this in your game design podcast, but, I was thinking about covering this myself, which is that there needs to be something about the technical details about game development. Like, literally, Mm -hmm. there needs to be a podcast or something else where you talk about either the mathematics or even stuff like the speed and the size of a game. That Mm -hmm. that can totally make a huge difference in terms of uptake of the game. And that's obviously Mm -hmm. in addition to what you're talking about with game design. Mm -hmm. but. Yeah, I don't know, and I'm just mentioning that because I, you know, a lot of the audience that's listening might be like, "Well, look, I'm just going to make a game, and it's like a retro game. It's a nostalgic play rather than, okay, is this innovative? Is this going to be an experimental game that has new gameplay that can make you stand out? When you're mm. talking about a thousand games a day on Steam right. getting re- released, but mm. but for some reason, developers have that nostalgic itch, and it's like they want to. They want to redo a game that they played as a kid. What? What are your? Is that where you are coming from with the first rack game, or, or what? What are your thoughts on that?
1: I, I honestly, no. And okay. it's, it's kind of funny. Like, I mean, a lot of audience, you know, like our, our audience members, you know, they're kind of like, "Oh, this is clearly like you're just trying to like recreate Doom." And it's like, to some degree, but at the same time, it's like we're also trying to do something like very new with it. Yeah. It's, it's it's not like okay well we're nostalgic you know we had fun playing these games as a kid you know let's let's, let's just try to remake our childhood you guys <laughs> no it's like no I I feel like it's a very solid genre and like it's underexplored and and you know like these kinds of games like they're they're you know underrepresented in the marketplace and like they deserve a place to exist uh you know we, and the fact that we're not like you know we weren't trying to be like all retro with it and everything you know, we weren't. <laughs> It's I don't know, maybe it's a little sad, but like we were trying to make it look all like, you know, blocky and you know, like like it was something that was made in the nineties. We were trying to make it actually look really look yeah. nice and everything. Uh yeah, a lot of like very modern techniques, you know, like uh shaders and uh you know very you know, various techniques um, you know, were done to you know, give it a very modern look. Um but yeah, it, it does it does seem like you know a lot of developers and you know not only not only that but you know players you know it's like they're they're I don't know it's they're very yearning for the past. Yeah, you're, you know you're right. You're you're so right because
0: at least in the indie and you know and you know you even think about Minecraft or whatever this this concept of like pixelated you know, like yeah <laughs> pixelated, right right it's I, you're right and so so do you feel that that's part of game that's like a secret hidden. Dimension of game design is that when you tap into people's nostalgia, it it, it allows for
1: the uptake of the game more easily, or what? what, it, it, what? it could be, you know. It's okay, it's yeah. funny because um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I would say like this is fairly unique to to video games, but it, it's actually not total. You actually see some of this in movies too. Yeah. Like uh, for instance, like Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Uh, you know, it's like even like the the kind of film like they use to film it, and like the, the aspect ratio jj abrams used and everything like to to get it uh to to shoot the movie and make it like it it was like he was trying to deliberately copy you know what was done with the uh the original star wars uh (laughs) and yeah i also heard something about like um the fact that they they wanted to release it in i think this is probably tinfoil hackens conspiracy theorists but they wanted to release it in december because apparently when the air is cold uh you know you you uh yearn for more nostalgic thoughts, you know, oh, yeah. it's like your, your brain too, right? wants to go to a, a safe, happy place, you know, like when you were a, when you were a kid, I guess. So I don't know. Maybe there's something to that. Um, yeah.
0: And no, and, and you think about it, even, cause I was just thinking like maybe 30 or 40 years ago, like, you know, the, the adults of that generation might, might get nostalgic about cars. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. so, so. You know maybe there is something to that that whatever and then you see these ridiculous situations where people are willing to pay a lot of money for things that kind of were popular in their childhood yeah right and and i i you know what i wonder if that is what's going to happen moving forward with games because 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 you know most games have to be grounded in some kind of metaphor or genre Mm -hmm. or or concept that people understand right and and even if you have new gameplay, if you use that nostalgic effect, it might allow people to get into that game mm-hmm. more easily. So,
1: but but yeah, but I I yeah. I, I do have a couple thoughts on that. First yeah. of all, I I do think I'm I'm on the the wrong side of this because <laughs> like I I kind of look at like these games that are kind of like. Using an appeal to nostalgia. And like to me, I'm just like, <laughs> oh, that's so cheap. Like, you're not relying yeah. on like solid game design. You're not relying on like making a good game. You're just trying to, you're trying to rely on, hey, remember what it, what it was like to be a kid, guys? Remember when you were six years old? Remember <laughs> pixel graphics? It wasn't that great. Yeah, those warm feelings. Yeah, you will like this game now. And it's and, and, like to me, I'm just like, oh, come on. That's <laughs> like when I saw Shovel Knight of, uh, initially, I was just like, oh my God, come on. I, are people really going nuts over this, really? Because it looks like. Yes, right. It's like it's not all you have to do to you know be successful. Uh, but the the other part of that is that um I, I part of that I, I don't think we're really going to be as nostalgic for things like in thirty forty years. And I think the reason for that is because games, uh, you know, when we were kids, you know, even cars when you know adults now yeah. were kids. What what they they weren't as uh, diverse and differentiated it. So okay, like when we were thought. kids, you know, it, it was like a uh video games were like a very specific thing you know it was like eight bit graphics it was you know <laughs> platformers on the nes and you know there wasn't like a, a broad diversity of how yeah. games were and look Whereas like now 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 you have your retro games you have your sports games you have your 3d games okay. you have your 2d games you have your blah, blah 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 and it's like so there isn't like a definitive picture like today of like yeah. what a video game is so like in 30, 40 years If someone is feeling nostalgic about video games, what specifically would they be yearning for? And it's, it's hard to say. I have an idea. I have
0: an idea on that. I think what they're going to be yearning for is the first time they played a new type of game. Just kind of like you mentioned Star Wars, right? Mm -hmm. Why do, why were people nostalgic about Star Wars? Cause at that time, that was like, you know, that was completely innovative for that time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so Mm -hmm. that experience, they're like, holy cow. Like, you know, like Mm -hmm. that blew their mind. And so they remember that, that, Innovative new experience. Cause yeah. like you, and, and, you know, you, you are totally right on the fact that a long time ago, they're, were, they were just basically all platformers, right? Mm-hmm. Or right, Mario yeah, yeah. or blah, blah, yeah. blah. And so yeah.
1: it's like every game that's trying yeah.
0: to be retro now is basically a platformer. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe 20 or 30 years from now, they'll be like, Oh man, like some Minecraft re-release. Yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. Like, and and yeah. whatever it is that comes up in the next year or two,
1: that's, yeah, I, I, I think you're, I think you're completely right about that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so and so that comes down to how can
0: game designers actually come up with innovative games that that kind of break through that and not not just right. innovative across theme or or even like, you know, it has to literally be something that just blows your mind. Like it mm-hmm. has to be gameplay that that no one could re- reference and it, and it could be completely different. It, sh- it could be completely simple gameplay, but it's going to be completely different.
1: Yeah, Um, and if I could use this as a completely smooth segue to uh, Rack Starfall, uh, yeah, I I mean, these are all absolutely things that we were considering. Uh, You know, it was like, you know, so many games come out these days, and like you kind of see this with movies too, but there's such a saturation in the marketplace that unless, like, your idea is unique, like, in basically, like, the one-sentence kind of elevator pitch about it, it's, you're just not going to gain any traction. You know, it's like, you have to like explain yeah. like, no, no, it's, it's like this, but you know, it's like kind of nuanced in the way it's different. It's like, after about 20 hours, you kind of see how, and it's like, everyone's just <laughs> like, they're, they're asleep at that point. They're, they're drooling on themselves. They're, yeah. they've lost all interest. Uh, so, you know, we, with, with, uh, with Starfall. We decide, you know, it's like when you, when you give like the one sentence pitch on this game, it has to be something unique. It has to be something that hasn't been done before. It has to be innovative. It has to be something that people are going to immediately think is interesting and cool and kind of gravitate towards. So are, are you ready for it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the one sentence pitch for Starfall. It is the world's first tower defense first person shooter with roguelike elements. So, you yeah, know, basically it's like a tower defense game. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's, you know, if you think of something like Orcs Must Die, uh, or Sanctum, you know, which is actually a, a tower defense first person shooter. Orcs Must Die is, is third person, but, you know, still tower defense. But this is kind of like combining, uh, those, uh, those elements with a roguelike. So, you know, say every time you go into a level, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, procedurally generated. The layout is completely different. Could be, you know, different obstacles thrown at you, which, maybe weren't there in your previous run. So it's like every time you sit down to play the game it's like a brand new puzzle to solve. Uh you know, you, you got to figure out how to place your towers, uh you know, and, and kind of decide how you want to want to approach things. You know, at the same time it's you know, there's action elements to it and everything. Um but you know, it's like you think about like any kind of puzzle. It's and you know, Tower Defense, I think, certainly qualifies as a puzzle. Once you've solved it, like it's it's stale. It's like, okay, I already know what to do. Like I've yeah. I have this figure out. There's no more value in this. And you know, thanks to uh it being roguelike, uh, you know, it's and procedurally generated randomized, like you don't ever run into that problem. So it's like every time you sit down to play it, uh it's going to be fresh uh you know and and hopefully that means it's going to be interesting and fun to you
0: yeah and that's what i was going to ask is um you know i because i was watching the kickstarter video on it and and so it's an fps um tower defense so how does that exactly work can you can you maybe describe the gameplay a little more
1: Sure, sure. So, uh basically a tower defense game is like something where it's like you are trying to defend some kind of central location from yeah. basically waves of enemies that kind of they spawn at one point or multiple points and like you're trying to protect this central location uh and instead of it being just kind of like about the enemies spawn and run right for you just kind of blast them as fast as you can that would be kind of boring. So, what you do is like you set up towers and you you kind of like put down little Things that will attack the enemies, uh, you know, will slow the enemies down. Basically, like you're you're trying to put obstacles in their way so that you know they they have trouble getting to uh, to their goal. Um, and so, I mean, in this, it's like you're you're putting down these towers, like you're kind of like arranging for them to like walk in a maze. And you know, as they walk through that maze, they're going through all sorts of obstacles, all sorts of towers shooting at them. You know, barricades kind of prevent them from walking in certain places uh and you can put down like little fields you know so like as they walk through the maze they get slowed down or frozen or whatever uh and then finally there you there are some burst towers which you can put down so it's like as as the enemies walk through you actually shoot those particular towers and then when you shoot them they go off and at least some kind of devastated effect uh on the enemies so um yeah. So, so basically it's like these waves of enemies are coming at you and you're, you're yeah. trying to, and it'll use your towers, but also your guns to, you know, kind of bless them on their way. Yeah. I was more
0: interested in whether you felt that the first person view actually helped or, or took away from, you know, the normal tower defense genre where it's usually like an overhead or third person view.
1: Right. Um, I, I I like the uh, I, I like the first person version because um, it allows you to do like headshots and uh, other kinds of things. I think a little bit more uh, easily. I, I think having like that first person view can be helpful for certain things. Or we're still kind of toying around with with maybe some kind of third person view. Maybe like when you're replacing yeah. the towers. Um, yeah, just because like having that extra bird's eye view may. Yeah, may that's be what helpful. I was going to
0: ask. Is were you thinking about a hybrid view? Where you could switch between first person and third person, and whether it could, a it could be way. useful.
1: Yeah, that's that's definitely something we're we're open to. Uh, you know, that's, that's something we're gonna have to look to get a uh, feedback on, and you know, you know c- kind of see what what ends up working out best for for people. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, as far as like the actual combat, you know, it's like, I, I do feel like you get the most precision in first person. You know, you, you kind of have the most control over the camera. There's not as much stuff obstructing your view, um, yeah. you know, so, so you can easily, you know, get a headshot or you know shoot at the exact monster you want to. Plus, you don't have to worry about third-person animations as much, so what, it's a nice bonus there. Yeah. Um, well, what yeah, so. what inspired you to, or when did you
0: decide to, to, to start this game?
1: So, it, it, I mean, this, we decided to do this after Rack. Uh, the game came out and, you know, we had spent, you know, all, all this time and effort on it. Uh, and it seemed like interest in the game, like, not only didn't catch on to the degree we were hoping, but it also kind of dissipated, like, extremely quickly. You know, we, we were fortunate enough to get, uh, you know, a couple of fairly high profile articles. You know, it's like Kotaku did, like, a quick little Right about us. Same with PC Gamer, but didn't get anything from Rock Paper Shotgun. Didn't get any, or like, didn't really get any, any, uh, big YouTube coverage at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, no one really streaming it. And, we, and, you know, we, we kind of thought like, you know what? I I think this is probably a, a result of, you know, people not finding the, the idea of the game all that interesting. So I, I think we've got to try and do something else here. Um, Hey, of course the, the popularity of roguelikes were were not lost on me. Uh you know, I I knew, you know, th- th- those elements uh you know, were, were very popular and for good reason. Uh you know, they the the, the roguelike the the <laughs> I, I, I can get this out, I swear. A a game being roguelike, it adds a lot to uh, a game that were also things that were being heavily requested by people for Rack. Yeah, you know, a lot of people, you know, they were wanting more weapons, you know, like lots and lots of weapons, and because of the, the old tool shooter nature of Rack, that wasn't something we could do. Because, I mean, in that kind of game, you keep all your weapons, so it's like, if you have like 40 weapons, I mean, there's only so many keys on the keyboard, Uh so that wasn't going to work out. Uh But, you know, it, it also adds like a ton of replayability, uh having the game be roguelike in nature. And I mean, that was something people were, were really wanting. You know, a lot of people were like, oh, Rack was too short. You know, the, the campaign was too short. And, you know, I, for, for the kind of game with the, the production values Rack had on our budget and our staff. I mean, very difficult to have a, you know, very long, uh, high quality, uh, linear single player experience. So it's, it, it seems like roguelike was going to just make a, a ton more sense. Uh, you know, and tower defense was something I, I had always enjoyed. Um, you know, I had recently discovered, uh, orcs must die. Uh, and I thought, man, wouldn't it be great if, uh, if, you know, we did like a kind of tower defense roguelike kind of thing, like, uh, with a lot of the rack elements. And, uh, so far not disappointed. So I, I, you know, I, I really feel like it's a, a great concept and, yeah what what um moving
0: forward with this project what things did you learn from your first project that you were going to apply to this
1: one um, so okay. yeah hmm I, that, that that's a good question um you know i i think uh marketing is so critically important and i that's <laughs> a lesson i'm still learning uh but you know it's like i i think a lot of developers like they they feel like oh yeah you know i if if it's uh you know, if you build it, they will come, you know, that from a uh, field of dreams. And, and that is just absolutely not the case. Unless you, like, just hit solid gold and, like, you just have, like, the most naturally viral game, like, to ever grace the face of the earth. Uh, it's, I, I mean, it, it takes a lot of effort to, yeah. you know, get the game out there, uh, you know, build a market for your game. You got to think about, you know, who are the first five people who are going to play this? Who are the first 10? Who are the first 50? Uh, You know, and it's, it's. It's a tough thing. Um, you know, I mean, we live in a day and age where, like, there's so much competition out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's you might think you have, like, oh, I have this game that's going to keep people's interest for weeks and months and years. And people are going to, you know, and it's like, no, there's, like, a 100 games that came out on Steam since I started this sentence. <laughs> like, there's tons of stuff out there for people to, you know, if they get just a, the slightest bit bored, like, they can just go play a brand new game for a nickel. Yeah. Uh, And it's, that's a tough thing to compete with, so. I guess there's always
0: challenges, you know? I mean, even, even in 2008, I guess the challenge was that no one could even find your game. Even if you had a good game, it's just hard to even understand. And I guess now it's just, there's so many games. And then, you know, and I guess, and there's, and yet the industry keeps growing. Right? Yeah. There's so much money now. Like, I mean, it's crazy. It's almost at a hundred billion dollars. So. So even from like 10 years ago, it's grown sevenfold <laughs> and
1: yeah, it's, it's crazy.
0: So, so and there's definitely we'll more options. Opport- but yeah. 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 And, and, you know, that's the other question is, is did you think about potentially even approaching a new audience with, with the new game or were you going to still target the traditional game player who's, who's into indie games?
1: Uh, well, we, we, you know, with this game, uh, you know, we are definitely trying to reach a wider audience. Uh, Rack, unfortunately, you know, seemed to only really appeal to... Probably fans of you know kind of old school shooters, you know people people play Doom and Quake and that kind of thing, and sadly even then, like because those games like have such a, a thriving modding community, m- most fans of those games are fairly satisfied with what they have, even though yeah. they haven't had a new game in you know ten, fifteen, <laughs> twenty years, uh, which boggles my mind. Um, but you know it's yeah, so I mean we're we're trying to reach a you know a, a new. A new audience in terms of, yeah, at least like a different subset of kind of the general Steam indie game audience. Um, yeah. If you're out there and you're a fan of Orcs with Sty or Sancto, you should come check out Starfall. Um, but yeah, it's, but as, as far as like, um, you know, bringing the game to like mobile or consoles or anything, w- we definitely would like to bring the game to consoles. Um, but yeah, you know, that's, that's definitely would be an expensive thing to do. So, Hopefully we reach our stretch goals for that. Um, Well,
0: well, this time, are you going to use, I guess, one of those game development engines? or, Or what are your thoughts on that?
1: So it's funny, I mean we were kinda of talking about this before. Um yeah, you know, so I mean we're we are still using uh you know the the rack engine, you know, which which I developed from from scratch. Um but it's it's funny, like on a couple of occasions, you know, it's like even though you know, like you know, like the engine does everything we want it to, uh, you know, the game looks exactly how we want it to. Still have a couple of team members be like, Hey, you should use Unreal Engine. Hey, you should use Unity. And it's yeah. like
0: yeah, well, look.
1: Lot. That's. I feel like that's the hardest part, even for
0: game developers who who've invested a lot of time in their tools to you know make it. You know, at that time, that was awesome, right? Like in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, you needed to do that, mm-hmm. and yet now you look at Unity and you look at some of these other tools, and they just they they enable a lot of things you wouldn't have even been able to consider mm-hmm. with your own with your own um, library, or you know, but yeah. But but what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you, do you get upset at, at your team members who say that, or do you consider that as, as a valid approach?
1: Uh, I've only gotten upset at one of them because, like, <laughs> it didn't seem like he had a good reason for it. Just kind of like, yeah. yeah, Unreal's cool, do it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, that's that's the reason to flush years of work. Oh, yeah, that's a good Because, like, hey, that's a logo, that's a brand name that's imprinted in my brain. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, you know, I, I mean, one of the guys, you know, he has talked about Unity, and he's like, yeah, well, you know, it's like, it does have all these tools which you know let us work on things and you know, we can get like a pretty good idea of how it's going to end up in the game blah 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 and you know, i mean that's that's something I, I can understand um you know i i could see that um allows you know in this in this kickstarter video that you know we've got you know th- there is one part of the the video that it's kind of like a, a lighting prototype of starfall uh and th- that's actually done in unity um you know yeah. it's like our our artist you know t- took a couple of the models and just kind of loaded them up in unity and you know slapped a couple of light sources in there um and yeah so I mean it's you know we we i guess what we're kind of doing is we're we're trying to use unity is it's kind of like just a bit of a, a roadmap to you know kind of figure out exactly how we want to do things in our engine, so it's like we'll we'll go in there and mess around with things you know various shader effects and whatnot uh you yeah, know then once once it's a uh, once we've got like a rough idea of what we want, uh, you know, then we go do it for real with the rack engine. Um, you know, and really totally fine tune things and get everything exactly to our liking. But yeah, as I told the guy, you know, this might be the last game where we use our own engine and, you know, eventually go just succumb to peer pressure and go. I don't know, well, it's go, not go, even so. It's something. like
0: Unity would then allow you to maybe make a VR, VR version more easily, right? Like so. So, you're now able to get onto other platforms more easily, but the trade off is that I feel like a lot of Unity games look the same. Yeah. And maybe it's yeah. just because they I, just, people aren't, it's so easy to put together a game that, yeah. that most of the games that are out it's, there. It's,
1: and I, I think there's something a little more legit about using your own engine. It's like, you know, I, I can imagine like playing like Overwatch from Blizzard. It's like made with Unity. It's, it's like, but, but to be know. fair, Hearthstone was made with Unity, right?
0: Was it? Yeah, yeah, Hearthstone. Um, and I was like, wow, you know, and there, and well, it's doing pretty well, right? The card like, game. I mean, <laughs> I, I understand that, but look, like, I mean, the fact is that when you think about Blizzard, they, they, they're the one company that you'd be like, you know what? If they could just get one extra pixel change that they couldn't get on, they would, they would do it all from scratch. But I was watching this talk, and, I don't know they're,
1: they're a little lazy these days,
0: oh they're okay, maybe nowadays, but <laughs> yeah. they're like you know you know that that concept of being meticulous on quality, and it's like I was watching this talk, and it's like because initially Hearthstone was kind of like a, a skunk works project or something, and it wasn't really taken seriously um and and plus, I guess they switched to unity because if people left and they and they missed like a developer left and they were like a core part of the 3D engine or design or whatever. They could just, instead of just having to deal with all those issues, they just went with Unity. And it worked out in that case. It may not always work out. But I think that is one of the hardest things that some developers who've been in the industry for a while can grapple with is that, you know, the hard work that you put in now, that, you know, that extra thing that may be really difficult to do now, in about two or three years will become a commodity. And you just have to either leverage that hard work right now, right away. So, like you know, what what Minecraft did or whatever, at that time it, it may have been difficult, but now you could do something like that in Unity really quickly. And and I think, I, yeah, what what, and I guess you're kind of also coming to that conclusion, which is that maybe after this game. The next engine will be something.
1: It's, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, we'll look into it. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's no guarantee. And look, if your right. engine
0: provides you the, the uniqueness or innovation that, that you can't get from Unity, that's fine. But right. Yeah.
1: And, and to me, that's, that's a big thing. You know, it's like, yeah. Oh, hey, you know, you, you can do this thing just like everyone else. It's, it's kind of like, well, yeah, you're where, right. <laughs> where's your competitive advantage coming from? Yeah. Yeah, if your game looks just like everything else because it was also made in Unity, (laughs) it's – you know, then what – no, seriously, it's like – Yeah, no, look, I agree. I was like, wow, all all the games. Same time, you know, it's – what value have you given the audience? Yeah. I mean – And, I mean, see, (laughs) like, I'm from the Midwest. Like, I'm, like, a huge – like, I I highly value grinding and, and hard work. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know, like, like part of me, <laughs> like, looks at that and says, like, that's, that's almost like cheating. Like, it's like, I, I don't know, these, I, but... I, I don't feel like, you know, things are truly great things are done by like, oh, there's a shortcut, you know, here's, uh, let me get this thing that already does everything I want done. And, you know, poof, you know, it's like, I, I mean, I, I to, to me, like, I, I don't know, I, Look, you've, you've been
0: in the industry long enough where you've seen that some of these kind of like, and I, I don't know why game developers have that stigma of a lot of these things where it's like, oh, okay, you know what? If you release a game before it's ready, that's that's cheating. But now it's games as a service, right? Like mm-hmm. why wait until the, the, main, the, the game development community comes up with a euphemism that actually makes what needs to get done acceptable and just jump into what is going to be required. And look, most games, you're right, in Unity will look the same, but games like uh, Monument Valley, right? That was done in Unity. And I don't think it was necessarily completely like just like every other game. So, you know, you know, you can you can now use that attention to quality and detail and focus on a different aspect instead of worrying about even the internals that have now been abstracted by Unity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that most of the developers that don't care, they're just going to pump out a game as quickly and easily as possible. And if they can buy the thing from the asset store, right? Yeah. Then that's what they're going to yeah. do. And you don't have to do that. But I feel like Unity then enables you to do the VR thing or to approach the consoles now. I don't know. And and from what I've seen now, it seems like the other trend that I've seen, you know, you talk about some of these trends in the industry, but having your game on as many platforms as possible seems to be like a very powerful technique for marketing, right? And And I know you talk about hard work, but I want to bring up another thing. When you started out, back then, it was okay to give the publisher 90% or 80% or whatever. It was pretty crazy. And yet, now that is—is is that cheating? That now that indie developers can keep ninety percent of the revenue or whatever seventy percent of the revenue, you know, like like I mean things change, and I guess yeah
1: they do they do yeah and
0: I don't know I mean it's, it's not
1: I, okay maybe cheating wasn't wasn't the right way to phrase <laughs> it but I I I guess okay I I think I can explain it a little bit better sure um, <laughs> if if you're using an engine to pull off some effect or do something I don't feel like you're going to develop a very good understanding of yeah. how that underlying infrastructure works so for instance like because I spent all this time learning shaders and you know how to do things if I want to get like some exact effect and like I'm, I'm very particular about it I, I can go into the shader and because I have like a very good understanding of what I want to do you know I, I can go in and, and get it exactly how I want it you know I, I know exactly where I have to go I, ex- I know exactly what yeah. code I need to go change uh, you know I, I I if I'm messing around with values I know what they do or like you know if uh I feel like if I used unity and just kind of you know did it quickly and you know got it done you know and and you know in a great deal less time i probably wouldn't have that understanding you know i probably wouldn 't have the ability to you know kind of go tweak things and you know put things how I want them so it's yeah i mean there's there there's a trade off i mean certainly uh you know it takes longer to you know kind of you know build it from the ground up and kind of Lay that foundation yourself and really understand what's there, but yeah, it, it, it takes longer. So, yeah. but then you miss the market opportunity when it takes longer sometimes. Perhaps, so, so maybe perhaps. maybe it's a hybrid
0: of using the simplest tools but understanding everything that is kind of making it easy for you. So
1: but it's it, in our case, though. I, I mean, writing the engine from scratch like that—that that didn't. I don't think that really delayed us from. Launchy. I mean, what, what took, yeah. what took a long time was the fact that it was, it was an ambitious game. You know, it was, yeah. you know, it's, it's like every two levels, you know, it's like we have a brand new texture set you know, new mechanics and, we, we, you know, lots of monsters and weapons and bosses. You know, it's like we're trying to do all this, like on an indie with like before Kickstarter existed. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, like really that's, that's what took so long. It, it wasn't because like, uh, you know, how do I get the cell shading, you know? <laughs> Exactly how I want it. I mean, that's all yeah. being done like while the yeah enemies are being modeled and everything. So it's it's not a bottleneck. Is, is my point? Okay. So.
0: And and I guess what other what other things are you going to do differently with with your latest game, um, based on I guess your experiences as an indie developer and, and your uh, previous project.
1: So, I mean, it's, I, I feel like, uh, I mean, pretty much everything we're, we're doing, we're like, or it's, it's all kind of stuff we've already thought about and have already kind of, uh, you know, kind of implemented to some degree. You know, it's, I mean, for instance, like we're, you know, going back to what we were talking about in the beginning about how just the landscape is completely different than yeah. how it used to be. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, it used to be like, you know, you, uh, most people got their gaming, uh, you know kind of information from like you know websites and magazines where it's like you know these people would play through like some kind of if if you had like a good like single player game you know like last like a few hours you know like the the reviewer would play through it and, you know he'd go to his uh, you know laptop or whatever write up a nice article and you know you you get your glowing review and then you know people would be interested in the game and go play it but now that's that's changed drastically you know now most people get their uh Gaming information, uh, from YouTube and Twitch. You know, yeah. they, they watch games being played by, you know, Total Biscuit or Markiplier or, and, or whoever. And then they, you know, will go to Twitch and watch games being streamed. And the kinds of games that work well on YouTube and Twitch are not those, uh, not those short, high quality single player experiences, <laughs> uh, that, uh, yeah, that we yeah. grew up with. So. <laughs> So, you know, that's, you know, we're, we're trying to be very, uh, aware of that. We're, we're trying to, to craft a game that, you know, kind of meets that criteria. So, like, not only is it going to be a game that people are going to want to play over and over again, and, you know, it's, it's going to have tons of replay value and tons of content, but it's also going to, uh, be visible and accessible, you know, so it's going to be something that, you know, people will be able to see on YouTube and Twitch because, you know, if we're, if we're doing things right, you know, people will, We'll play those games over and over, uh, yeah. you know, they'll put up, you know, multiple videos on, you know, just this one game <laughs> and multiple streaming sessions. And so, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're trying to embrace uh, this uh, brave new world we live in. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's funny.
0: I remember one of the podcasts that I did with, um, with one of the developers and he mentioned that every three years things just completely shift in this industry. I didn't yeah. quite understand what that meant, but I mean, you just pointed out exactly, which is that, and you know what's crazy in the next year or two? There's going to be something else that comes out.
1: Yeah. That and, we, <laughs> and I'm going to be screwed completely because, because
0: so. you were designing for YouTube.
1: Right. right. And so it's like because, YouTube. That's crazy. Yeah. Now everyone does
0: everything on, you Whatever. know, yeah. Well, just look at Twitch, right? No one could have foreseen Twitch like yeah, until right. it, you know, until, and, and. And yet, you know, when you think about YouTube, I think that's another amazing thing is that literally your game, it's like you almost have to put in maybe Easter eggs so that the people who cover it get some kind of novelty that they can share with their audience potentially. So it's not even so. I mean, do you feel that the approach that I'm talking about now where you literally have this crazy, crazy Easter eggs or funny things that then drive views for them so they get money covering your thing? Because that's really the only way they're going to potentially cover it right or, or i mean at least to get one, some of the bigger players to cover it
1: by the way games of the future are going to be played with all emojis being texted to one another yeah um <laughs> it's it's funny I, I actually thought about doing something like that with a, you know i thought about including like a like a total biscuit <laughs> easter egg like in a, a secret in one of the levels because you know he, he was yeah. someone who gave us some early coverage and unfortunately Never did again. Um, but, you know, it's like we were thinking of like hiding some kind of like cynical Brit thing, like in a secret room, but then we were like, eh, he's not going to find it. You know, it's, there's no point. Dude, you, you... Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's, at, um, <laughs> in addition to competition for, um, you know, just kind of, you know, just general gamers, you know, buying and playing your game, that same thing is, is true of, uh, you know, players as well. Uh, you know, it's like you're, you have to compete to, you know, do things to get prominent YouTube personalities to play your game. Uh yeah. And I, I could easily I could easily see some kinda, of, you know, Easter egg, you know, something something like that. Uh, you know, being a way to uh get them to do that. So so do you feel like gameplay integrity
0: is dangerous now? I mean basically you need to come up with just something that's gonna entertain the tastemakers right now at this point are which are like YouTube and, and Twitch audience members or you know, the, you know the the personalities get them to play it and then that literally drives people to want to download the game it gives
1: it gives it legitimacy i i, I wish this <laughs> wasn't my answer but 100 like, because
0: because maybe that's so maybe now for indie developers they have to reconsider the fact because I, I totally remember back in the day it's like look we need this gameplay we need this style right and it seems like Gameplay is just one of twenty different dimensions that need to be executed on properly. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. and
1: and it's it's sadly it's almost one of the least important, which is yeah. sad. You know, it's like because it's... even
0: even with Minecraft, it was them being able to make videos of funny stuff on right. on YouTube right. that right. like right. and and you you've heard I don't know if you're familiar with Goat Simulator, but you know they put their thing on YouTube and that like those views that Goat comedy, Simulator
1: made me want to just kill myself. <laughs> Oh that's so Just funny. like this is a thing.
0: Oh anyway. anyway Actually that fun. brings up a good point because they were a studio before Goat Simulator and Goat Simulator <laughs> is what brought their studio to prominence. Uh, like all the serious uh, games that they worked on that they toiled over. You know now they're finally getting if, their If exposure. anyone was
1: if anyone was wondering there is no god so anyway. <laughs> I mean I so I Those are like, the Sanctum developers that, that, that's my competition. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I,
0: I feel like maybe it's it so so you're you're of the of the feeling that everything else besides pure gameplay is heresy
1: that no that, no okay. but I, I mean it's i mean my, my personal opinions aside I, I mean it's just gameplay is one of many issues that that are important but it it does seem to be secondary uh you know it does seem to be secondary to is it is it novel is this new is this innovative is this something that hasn't been done before and is yeah. unique and interesting you know in in terms of its concept uh is it? you know is it um <laughs> is it easy enough i, I mean yeah. it, it just seems like there are so many uh factors that determine whether or not a game succeeds or fails and it just seems like gameplay is unfortunately like Fairly down the list, which (laughs) I think is really sad. You know, it seems to be more important whether or not you know PewDiePie played it, and that's that. That it, right. Well, so
0: so it has to. So it's an look. It's an entertainment artifact, right? It's it's interactive. It's look. It's interactive entertainment, and and your game is just a part of it. And and so I mean, look. That's one way to look at it. There's obviously games where the gameplay it's purely gameplay, and it's and it's communicating a message. But when you think about Things like Goat Simulator and Crossy Roads and all these other things that I've seen taken off on YouTube. And by the way, the fact that the, the, the taste makers on YouTube play it is what will legitimize people paying five or $10 for it.
1: Oh, yeah. Of course. You know, yeah.
0: Otherwise, otherwise they wouldn't even consider it, but they're like, Oh, well, you know, this person that I look up to every day for whatever games they're playing on, on YouTube. Well, if he spent five bucks or 10 bucks or she spent whatever it is, then, then I can do that. Yeah. And, and so, I don't know. I mean, I think, I, I don't know what to think, actually, but, (laughs) but look, look, I feel like, you know, and this goes to your game design thing. Maybe, maybe the game aspect itself is only one aspect of the, of the true game design. That maybe in five or ten years, we'll see that actually the game itself is only part of the true game design.
1: But, but that's, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's part of what, why I did want to to start the podcast. So it's like, excuse me. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a thing about human beings. Like if if we have a word for something, we tend to have a much stronger identity of that thing in our brains. Yeah. It's, it's something kind of, it's like, uh, I guess, I guess in like, uh, like certain languages, like they don't have a word for like mine or, you know, know, like, like individualistic stuff. So it's like just the way their brains are wired. It's like they're not wired to like be possessed because it's like they don't have a concept though because they don't have a word for it. So I mean, kind of why I'm hoping to. Kind of what I'm hoping to accomplish with this game design podcast is to kind of just, like, raise awareness of, like, general game design topics and just to, you know, kind of have fun analytical conversations about games and, you know, what makes them tick and what makes them fun. And so, you know, hopefully as people understand these concepts a little better, those will play a larger role in... How they evaluate a game, uh, you know, whether or not they think it's good, instead of just like, is it long enough? Did PewDiePie play it? Did, you know, did, did was a, you know, did it, you know, I, <laughs> did it have this cheap thrill? You know, this goat exploding or whatever. I don't, <laughs> I, I haven't played it. Um, but yeah, it's like hopefully you know, if, if people have a better understanding of yeah. like what balances, for instance, what tension is, for instance, and they can understand like, hey, this is a game that does these things well. Okay, they, they, you know, then maybe they, you know, it, it, you know they're they're evaluating the game based on these things instead of like was it cheap? Was it long? Was it, you know? <laughs> well, did did, know, did this personality play? Does it have cool yeah. art, you know?
0: Well, you know, and maybe that's just one aspect of games as like as like a true like you know, it's just like it's just like movies. I'm sure when movies were first came out, you know, I've been reading some of the history on movies and and i'm sure there were some people who wanted to make serious movies and communicate serious things and even edison was like wow this would change education and blah 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 but it turned out that charlie chaplin and i don't know if you remember that guy um he was like the tramp like this 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 character i don't know if you know who charlie chaplin is but
1: yeah anyway. um,
0: it was like this one character that he played that became world famous which is this is like lowest common denominator kind of like the goat in goat simulator and and that's really what stands out right like it's like laurel and hardy um charlie chaplin and and obviously some of these other things where you know you look at star wars where it communicated amazing entertainment with an amazing message or something else like that right but that's that's far and few but but,
1: <laughs> but i mean star wars i mean it's it's not like star wars isn't like poop jokes you know it is it's yeah. i mean it's it's a game it's, it's er, a game it's a movie with you know a, a structure you know it right. has like characters or developed they have arcs there's an introduction there's a middle there's an end it does all these things that you know make for a good movie and it has formulas and rules and structure and you know if people don't look at it and go like oh that's so serious oh what a hoity-toity movie no it's like every movie is like this you know it's like they 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 have solid you know movie quote-unquote movie design principles and as a result you know like we we have these great movies now whereas like games it's like i don't feel like we've quite figured all that out quite yet and so um i'm hoping the podcast helps with that a little bit yeah and
0: and so i guess yeah not you know i've kind of um steered the conversation towards uh more of the production stuff and just perspective in general i mean is there anything else that you feel would um that you want to share with the audience that um about your current game and maybe uh, a perspective that I didn't cover, you know, because I was more interested in the production and kind of like what you changed or what you learned from your previous project, and maybe there's something you want to cover now that that I missed.
1: Right. Um, I, I guess if anyone is familiar with with uh, the original Rack, we are trying to basically keep the elements of that game that worked in it, uh, which you know I think would be like the art style, uh, you know, some, some of the characters, kind of kind of the whole universe, the whole kind of light and fun feeling of it. Uh, you know, and then we're trying to, uh, reincorporate those elements into, uh, you know, a, a, a much better, uh, concept and idea and something that I think people will be able to play and enjoy for years to come. Um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, people ask for an awful lot of things in Rack, uh, and I think this is a such a great way to bring it to them. Uh, you know, people are wanting, Tons of weapons and replayability, uh, you know, multiplayer potentially. Uh, I'm not promising multiplayer, but, um, you know, if, if, you know, it's, it's one of those things that's, it's a chicken and egg kind of thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Except in this case, it is actually clear. You need the chicken to lay the egg first. You need the player base to lay the egg of multiplayer so that it can grow into another chicken. I I don't, I don't the, the analogy falls apart yeah. a little bit. Um, but yeah. So it's, um, yeah, so, I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to, I mean, basically, we're, you know, we're, I, I think probably as you can tell listening to this, I, I'm someone who cares deeply. I, you know, I, I want to get things right. I, you know, I put a lot of thought into these things. Uh, you know, and, and, and I want to, uh, I, I, I want to have something that people enjoy and that you out there, uh, will enjoy, uh, and something that you want to play. Uh, you know, we've clearly put a lot of thought into, you know, how it is to give you something that you, you out there will enjoy and play, um, and I, I, I really think we're on to something. We just kind of need that uh, that initial spark for it to catch fire, and uh, so, hope to do well. I hope hope it does well. So, are you going to do anything with Twitch and and even your own YouTube
0: channel potentially to maybe do playthroughs or even stories, kind of built on top of the game, kind of kind of like those YouTube personalities that just like repurpose the game <laughs> for, for something yeah, yeah. silly, you
1: know? Yeah, um, I, 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 um, streaming is something I have gotten into, uh, somewhat recently. Um, you know, <laughs> one of the things I, I've been doing when I'm not developing is, um, you know, kind of casting, uh, games for. Here's the story. Basically so it's like people play and I stream them playing it. And then I say, you know, what, what's happening on top i kind of like a play by play guy in like a sports thing. So, you know, I'm I'm the guys like, "Oh, what a huge devouring maw goes you know, so anyway. Um but yeah, so I'm 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 kind of using that to uh to I'm kind of trying to take those skills and put them over into uh you know, hopefully streaming some uh some rack and, and Starfall stuff in the future. I mean one thing I did recently is um when the game came out for its uh one year anniversary uh last September, you know, I, I was like, hey, would it be fun if I uh I, I did like a developer playthrough of the game and at that point I hadn't gotten into streaming. I was gonna put it on YouTube, but it, it never I don't know, like just recording something to put it on YouTube, it just didn't seem all that appealing. So I never quite got around to it. Uh but this this past Friday I actually ended up doing that and uh uh I ended up streaming that because uh yeah, it, it seemed like, it, it seemed like streaming was just like a s- so much better way to do that. You get to interact with the audience. There's no yeah. chance for you to edit yourself or anything. Um, so yeah, I, I am looking forward to, to doing some more of that in the future. Um, it, it's a tricky thing. Uh, you know, this is, you know, you were kind of asking, you know, what, what kind of things we're going to do differently, what kind of lessons we've learned from, uh, from Rack. I, I, I want to be sure not to show stuff too early, uh, before it's ready. Because, I mean, it's, it's like, once people see something for the first time, uh, you know, it does tend to be cemented in their brains forever. So, no, that's like, yeah, tr- true, but yet
0: you need that constant feedback and update. Yeah, yeah. Like, how are you going to balance
1: that? Yeah, it, it's, it's such a trade-off. Um, you know, it, it, uh, I mean, one of the things that we were, um, that we're trying to do with this Kickstarter, you know, if it miraculously gets funded is that, uh, you know, we're doing like an insider edition. So it's like people who, you know, pay a certain amount, they get to basically get the game before everyone before everyone else. Uh and so it, but that's like limited, so it's like there's only like 50 or so people who can get that uh we're kind of doing like a closed beta. Uh so, you know, hopefully that's not being shown to too many people, so you know, hopefully uh you know, screenshots and, Videos are, you know, making the runs, uh, cause, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> it, it's kind of funny, you know, I mean, you, you talk to other developers who, you know, have had things in early access and that kind of thing. It's like old versions of things, you know, it's like, you know, you'll Google something. And it's, it's always like the, the old crappy version that comes up on, uh, you know, like, like for us, like we had the, the logo redone a couple times. And you know, it's like whenever we Google the logo, it's like, oh, hey, there's the ancient version, which is not even colored and it you know, doesn't, <laughs> It doesn't look I mean, good at all. Th- but that's the trade off, right? And, yeah, and like oh, you were saying, absolutely. and like, you know, early access,
0: because I see this and I was just reading about, I don't know if you've heard about um, Slime Ranch. I don't know if, if you read yeah. about that. But that was a game that I think they, they put it on early access in January. And um, I mean, it wasn't quite ready, but it was interesting. And they sold like $2 million worth. I, I mean, and it's wait, wait, like. $2
1: million? Yeah, $2
0: million worth of stuff or something like that. And I'm like, wow. You know, that blows my mind. That And it was a decent game, but, like, if they didn't put it on early access and it didn't get that exposure, now it's got write-ups and now people were talking about it. And that's why I'm mentioning it to you right now, right? Yeah. And, and so, I mean, I feel like, I feel like you almost have to figure, you know, just like with game design, you have your short-term, immediate mechanics. And if those aren't fun, they're not, people are not going to enjoy the long-term systems in the game. Right. Like some of the stuff that we're, you know, you have to do for the marketing has to literally be these kind of like short term mechanics that people can get joy about or even talk about. Mm -hmm. That kind of then kind of builds up to maybe the the longer term vision or future or community that you want to build. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's, it is interesting though. Um,
1: but, well, it's it's hard when you, you know, put all this work into this Hickstar and you got like a, you feel like you got like a really dynamite idea and people are, are really loving it. And then no media outlets cover it whatsoever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and that's
0: why I feel like you have to, and, you know, I've been talking to other developers and they're like, yeah, well now instead of like take source, they might use IndieDB, right? Things shift. There's always this kind of new community, it seems, and this may change. There's always this new community where people are receptive to new stuff if you can find that new community, mm-hmm. you know, because then what happens is that then that community builds tolerance because everyone's trying to get into and promote their game through on that community, just like Kickstarter early on, right? They were funding a lot of silly things. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, it's, it's, it seems like it's more difficult to get exposed. It
1: is. <laughs> I, I, I am, my expectations were, were very low already. And, and we set like a very low, very reasonable goal. And I'm still disappointed somehow. Yeah. It's like, I, 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 are you, are you serious? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kickstarter does seem to be very difficult. Now, I don't know if it was always like this. I don't know. I, I mean, this yeah. is the first Kickstarter I've, I've run. I don't know.
0: And, and but, yeah, it's, it, it is night. kind of
1: funny. It, yeah. it does seem like, you know, Steam kind of has some degree. Yeah, you, know, you, you said like, you know, um, at every stage there are challenges, challenges. It, it does seem like, you know, for, I, I don't know, like, like it, it does seem like there are bubbles that. That burst and that grow and burst, like um, yeah, you know, I mean, like like ten years ago on Steam, it might have been hard to get your game found, but you know, at the same time, like if you were that game that got you know the Steam Spotlight, I mean, it was just a money printing machine. Yeah. um And and but, yet, you know, and that that is not the case anymore. Right? Yeah. I and can yet, tell you, I haven't been on there. Um. But and, yeah. And
0: yet there are always exceptions. Like Slime Ranch came out in January, sure, yeah. right? And and okay, so. So I guess for the for the listeners out there it's just you have to find that unique angle across everything. Everything has yeah, to yeah. be done uh-huh. at the best, right? And yes. that even includes marketing. So mm-hmm. if Steam is saturated, there's probably something else that's coming out that people are interested in and that you have to be at the at the forefront of. That I know it it's not clear and it's not a Windows Store.
1: No, no. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, or whatever the equivalent of Twitch is, right? Like because when yeah. Twitch came out it's like you know, it's like, is this really going to work? And you know, it's obviously worked really well. Um, what are your thoughts? Has it
1: though? Because I mean, I see so many broadcasts where it's like people have like two viewers. Three yeah. Well, viewers
0: now, like- now, once again, it's like now everyone feels they're obligated to have a Twitch account, or you know what? You know, it's like right. now it's like the followers. But there were enough people on Twitch where you could at least people were making an income just streaming on Twitch, hmm. right? And that was a different. And that that isn't necessarily a game developer, but that's once again people who would have necessarily. Or we're probably going to make an income on YouTube. Now they're making an income on Twitch. And that's, it's a little different. It may not be as big as YouTube. And obviously YouTube's responding and counteracting, but, but it is interesting to see when there are new niches or categories where people are deriving their income or their, their whole profession from that. I mean, I think that's important to, to just study and see what happens, you know, like at least understand, be aware of it. Right. um, Even if you don't use it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess, as we wrap this up, what are your thoughts on esports? Like do you, do you have any f- opinions on that? Are you going to turn your game uh into an eSport? or
1: Uh as an eSport player, yeah, I do have some <laughs> thoughts on that. Um yeah, I I mean I I'm actually a big uh Heroes of the Storm player, uh which is which is Blizzard's uh MOBA. Um and they they actually have uh, Heroes of the Dorm coming up this weekend, which is um you know, it's it's like they're yeah, it's like they um is it, they have a bunch of college teams competing, uh, you know, playing this game, uh, you know, which is like a five on five MOBA, you know, kind of like League of Legends or yeah. Dota. Uh, but you know, it's actually going to be on ESPN this weekend, which is crazy. Uh, and it's going to be like a two day thing in prime time, so that's that's pretty nutty. Um, was there something specific you wanted to ask about esports? Or? Yeah, I mean,
0: do you feel that um, this is going to be another dimension that indie developers have to design their game around now?
1: No, no, because okay. it's it's a a, a, a a sport like it's there is a room for like just tons and tons of you know different quote unquote sports um you know it, it's like any sport to be successful you know it's like there there has to be like tons and tons of people playing it yeah uh, you know you have to have like your your people at the pro level, the top tier level the intermediate level. And the bottom level, and it's like, you, you need, it takes so much to sustain that, and especially if the pros are going to, you know, make an income and, you know, living by playing the game, and that's, that's not something you can, that's not something you can do, like, <laughs> with an indie game, pretty much, unless you're just, like, phenomenally lucky, um, yeah, it's, it's like, I mean, this game, here's the storm. Like this, this has Blizzard behind it, who has like all the yeah. money in the world. And like they've, they're just investing like just tons and tons into this game. You know, I mean, hey, they're getting this thing on ESPN this weekend. I don't know if anyone's watching, but they're getting it on ESPN this weekend, which I'm sure was not cheap. Um, but you know, it, and even that, like the game, you know, it's, it's, I, I think it's starting to take off, but you know, it's certainly nowhere near, uh, Dota or League of Legends numbers, I don't think. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough thing. Um, yeah, it it's for, for an esport to, you know, take off, you know, it takes probably have to be established, uh, already, yeah. uh, you know, and then you have to, you know, kind of have the uh, ability to market the game and make it visible and, you know, cultivate it and build interest in it. And yeah. those opportunities are available to very few, uh, developers and not even all of them take it up. Um, you know, I mean, Doom could have gone that route, but they've chosen to just kind of focus on single player and just kind of casual multiplayer. Like, they don't want to do any kind of esports or even any kind of ranked player or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, Street Fighter, like, they've, you know, kind of tried to basically have their own scene kind of in- independent of any kind of, you know, official esports, uh, you yeah. know, uh, marketers or, you know, majorly gaming or anything like that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I mean, that that's an area that's definitely growing, uh, but it's, if you're an indie developer, you know, just kind of making some, you know, pixel, retro platform or something, I mean, I, I don't think, uh, eSports is something that's, uh, yeah, yeah, the opportunities are just available to very, very few.
0: Okay. And, um, for, for the listeners out there, what suggestions? I guess what are the top three lessons or or things that, or principles that you feel are important for having a successful game?
1: Uh, for one, it's you need to kind of have uh, you know, as, as was referred to as a unique selling proposition. Um, you know, your game has to be why should people play your game? Uh, you know, if if there are these others that exist, um. You know, if you're making a platformer, why should they want to play your platformer? Uh, you know, and new is not enough. Uh, there are, <laughs> cause there are 80 other games that came out, uh, you know, in the, the last three nanoseconds that are also new. And why, why should they play yours instead of them? Uh, so, and that kind of goes back to all of the, uh, you know, uniqueness and, you know, in- innovation that we were talking about before. Um, second, I would say just, you have to realize, like, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I think I was talking to this on another podcast with someone, but you know, they were talking about how it's like, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of developers now it's like, they're kind of used to like game jam kind of style of, you know, development cycles like, Hey, yeah. let's make a game in a weekend. You guys, And it's like, probably if you want to have anything that's quality, that's probably probably not gonna be able to pull that off, uh, in a weekend. Um, well maybe the core concept can, can yeah, yeah I, I, right? I can yeah. see that.
0: Yeah. Just but, like with goat, that's how Goat Simulator was made, and same with Surgeon Simulator. Uh,
1: just didn't all, all the more reason to not do it.
0: <laughs> and then, then they polished it up. But yeah,
1: but yeah, continue. Sure, sure, sure. They did. Uh, but anyway, um, but uh, so I mean, hard work. Um, you know, kind of have something unique. Um, and then you know, it's it it takes. Uh, I think it takes a lot of marketing. You know, I think it takes a lot of. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, something I thought about recently is, um, uh, you know, even in like a, a literature class that you take in a, you know, like in a, a high school or, or even at the college level, it's, you know, even in those classes, like they talk about, you have to know, when you sit down to write a story, you have to know who your audience is. You have to know who you're talking to, who the story is for. Yeah. Um, and know, yeah, I mean, that, that absolutely comes to, into play with gaming too. Um, you know it's i mean you have to know who you're targeting who you want to uh who you want to play it and then you have to take the uh necessary steps to make sure they know about it and that they check out your game uh you know so it's it's um and i i <laughs> I, I can't understand how important that is and how how difficult that is and you know how how much effort that requires um yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe we just didn't have the right I don't know. But, you know, it's, I mean, we would take the game out to conventions. You know, we would have, you know, people play it. Uh, you know, we'd watch them play it. Uh, you know, we would get feedback on that. You know, we'd watch to see, you know, if people were lost. Uh, and we go fix those areas up later. Um, but, you know, it's, you gotta get the word out. You gotta know who your audience is. You gotta <laughs> get it in front of them and you gotta, you gotta do what you can to get them engaged and, uh, into what you're, into what you're making
0: do you feel that indie developers should then just focus on completely silly ridiculous um like pure entertainment stuff like like goat simulator what What are your thoughts?
1: i i i think they can um okay. you know it it um <laughs> where, where we are no i mean seriously like where we um, are today it's it's like there's so much stuff out there that yeah. The idea is like what matters more than anything. So you know, if yeah. they can, you know, I, <laughs> come up I, with like a silly off the wall idea, and you yeah. know, that's something that people can digest very easily, and they're going to be very entertained by. it, get some amusement out of. I mean, yeah, that could absolutely catch fire. I mean, look at Flappy Bird. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> by the way, you know, Flappy you Bird know why- you know, is that hours and hours of rich, satisfying gameplay, or is it something <laughs> stupid that caught on? I mean, yeah, because PewDiePie
0: covered it. By the way that's yeah you're right Uh, yeah okay well i guess and the reason i'm laughing is because i was just going back to charlie chaplin there's this one part where he actually tried to be serious and that's when the audience booed. like i was just reading (laughs) part of wikipedia when he's like trying to like like trying to trying to build meaning (laughs) (laughs) When, that's when the audience will just shut off. Like, right, right. I, I don't know what to think. But, but,
1: but that probably that probably doesn't work if the audience already thinks of you as uh, you know, like a oh silly, yeah, yeah. kind of person. Yeah, I don't right. think it's that <laughs> the audience is like against seriousness, but when it's you
0: know, yeah, it's if, a different if,
1: context. It's like if, if it was like you know, <laughs> carrot Top trying to like lecture us all on the importance of nutrition or something, I, I, I don't know. It's like I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, yeah. it would be it would be well, look, laughable. I, so. I, I feel
0: like Game developers and designers should at least be thankful that we're in a medium that people are willing to listen, right? Like it's not, it's, it's, it's obviously now trumping a lot of other things. Like you said, it's, it's impacting culture in a big way. Yeah. And, and people are open to at least trying out your game. You know, that isn't Mm -hmm. necessarily the case with a lot of other things now, even, even with movies. Do you watch a lot of movies still or is it? I
1: really don't. I I mean, really a lot of movies and TVs, I really don't.
0: Yeah, you can't now. It's it's just because the way things are now, because of the way interactive media is just so much more responsive and fun, even social media and all this other stuff. Like, it's just not as fun to
1: watch TV Mm -hmm. and and movies. And so it it feels so empty. Yeah, I don't feel stimulated enough. It's like I'm not doing enough with my life, just sitting here watching like this person get kicked in the balls by you know something. Yeah, I, I think
0: I think you're right because. I, I can't relate to it as much, and you know. But what's interesting is that there are interesting shows where I can relate, like Shark Tank. I don't know if you've heard of that, but oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I can watch. My, it and my I think, brother's
1: huge into that. Yeah, and I think maybe that's more
0: entertaining because you're seeing once again it, it's almost more social media where it's like you're seeing real world people, like real life right. people, and like and,
1: there's there's very clear lessons to derive. Yeah, yeah, too. and
0: they're learning from it. Yeah. And so, what what are your thoughts? Then is is that going to be the next game genre where literally it's these real world kind of shark tank like things i get you know that's it's like something like shark tank obviously it's going to be something a little different but right like that as a game because that's that works well for even watching on youtube
1: right Right? um yeah i I mean yeah it's okay i i I think games like you know I mean, back to you know my my podcast like the first episode like i ended up talking about um how I I think the main reason that we we really enjoy games is because like they give us survival skills. So it's like we're you know we're we're basically interacting you know in this kind of medium, and it's like we're we're basically like learning skills to you know survive in this like nice sterile environment. So you know it's like you you know you think you're just playing like a nice fun game of catch with your dad, but like actually you're you're developing your your arm muscles so you can better throw a spear and so you can gorge a beast and feast that night um yeah. you know it's, it's like even something like tag it's like you know you're you're tickling kids vulnerable parts you know like their armpits and things and like that teaches them to cover them and that you know helps them like a a predator is coming uh but you know it's it's like I, I mean you think about like something like doom you know it's it's a you know it's it's a first person shooter but like really it's it's kind of Basic hunting and gathering, you know, it's like you yeah. you have your gun, you run around, you shoot things that come at you, and you're exploring your environment so that you can find things to you know health and armor. But you know, in real life, it'd be food, you know, it'd be berries, you know, maybe some twigs you can use to you know craft something. But it's, I mean, we're wired to you know enjoy these kinds of things because you know those help us build survival skills. It's the same reason like my you know my cat's favorite game is. Is chasing the toy mouse that I throw yeah. for her. Uh, you know, cause she gets to, she gets to practice, you know, chasing and, and being a vicious predator in a nice, safe environment. And yeah. so she, she builds up those skills. And then, you know, when it comes time to do it for real, she's, she's prepared. So that's, that's why we enjoy games. Um, so I mean, back to your original question, you know, it's like, could do we enjoy? Some kind of like interactive thing. Yeah. I, I think we absolutely could. Um, and you know, it's, I, I think there are, it feels like something like that exists already, where it's like I guess I guess like a like a SimCity kind of thing, maybe, where it's like you're simulating yeah. what it's like to run a city. You know, it's like people come to you with problems and you solve them or what. It's been a while since I played yeah. SimCity, but I guess um,
0: this would be more entertaining because it's it's real world people, and, yeah, and you're getting something a little more random than even
1: right, now. right. But it, yeah. it'd be like uh, you know, like uh, a <laughs> more Cuban simulator. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> just just a simulator. But yeah, it's. I mean, I think you definitely do a game where it's it's kind of something similar to that in concept. Yeah. And I, I think it would work. I think it'd be entertaining. And I think I
0: think that's where listeners should just keep in mind that who knows in, in two to three years that's what could be considered the preeminent games, which is literally these interactive media experiences where you have you know you have these people and they're you know they're pitching or whatever it is. There's you know it's just amplifying. Things that people want to watch, which which isn't necessarily the platform.
1: They, they're more and, interested in
0: like, hey, how can I start my own company? Like, wow, this right. is fascinating, and it's entertaining right. in a different way. Um,
1: and and I, I just want to say for anyone out there who doesn't believe you that oh, you know, these other kinds of games could become popular. A- after Rack was done, we were uh, trying to get released on a uh, GOG.com, um, okay. and I, unfortunately, they they said no. But like at that around that same time, like they uh, they. <laughs> They approved a pigeon dating simulator game called uh, Hatofu Boyfriend. (laughs) And the low point, (laughs) I I think, of... Probably my entire life was, like, when someone, like, you know, someone was asking about it being on GeoGeo.com, and I, I kind of lay that all out to him. So he goes and makes a thread on, like, the forum saying, like, can you believe that they, they you know, they did this? Like, wouldn't, wouldn't you guys rather play Rack, this fun, colorful, you know, yeah. arcade shooter instead of, like, this this pigeon dating simulator? And everyone was like, no, no, we want to play the pigeon dating simulator right and, and you know, i'm just like i've I, i'm I done i'm done i'm out that, that's why i'm trying to make games for cats you know there's actually
0: game like literally apps and games for cats like cat games for like real cats like does uh, not
1: surprise me in the least yeah
0: and, and they're just chasing a mouse on their ipad and <laughs> it's look you have to understand and once again that goes to understanding everything and, and i think that just shows the power of games when you have cats you know playing games yeah like absolutely. literally like like uh like a, not not just chasing a twilight. that cat's not
1: going to sit and watch Lord of the Rings, but
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's going gonna, it's
1: gonna to play with the the iPad game. Okay, um,
0: so. okay, so I know we've gone really long. Thanks again for your time. I totally appreciate it. Um, once again, where can listeners find out more information about your game and your podcast show? Uh,
1: that is rackgame.com, dot uh, com, W R A C K Game dot com, um, and then if you, if you're interested in the podcast, uh, it is called the Game Design Podcast. Uh, you can find it on YouTube, Facebook, uh, or you can go to gamedesignpodcast.finalbossentertainment.com
0: Great. Um, thanks again for your time. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you so much.
0: Take care. Bye.
1: You too.